Welcome back to Tequila She Wrote, a podcast about cocktails and true crime. I'm Trish, your bartender. And I'm Sloan, your crime tender. And today we're going to be talking about the Carter brothers. This is, Sloan's told me, basically they're believed to be some of the first or they're Just... like the vampires of like New Orleans, basically. Yeah. Like, so... I'm excited. We love us some good NOLA stories and that. I know that fictionally New Orleans is one of the centers of vampire history in the United States. Um, but this is one of the few actual like concrete can find new sources to back it up cases. But when I was researching this, I found that there is actually, like, an active vampire club in New Orleans. <laughs> and Not I'm, us looking it up and going, could we go? <laughs> I'm very intrigued. So, I don't know. We might look into that more and let y'all into the secrets if we find out anything. Yes. But in the meantime, I can give you a little history behind the city of New Orleans and their vampire streak. But I'm excited, so... That will kick you off to our episode. Welcome back to another round of bartending, and today we're going to be doing a drink that is on the theme of Halloween. If I would have thought about it, I probably would have found something that was like vampire-esque, but it's fine. But this one is called The Drunk Ghost, and it is, they say two ounces of Malibu, but I mean, I feel like really could do any sort, you could do Malibu, you could do like any sort of like coconut rum or even just a regular rum. And then you want an ounce of vanilla vodka. Again, we don't have vanilla, we're using whipped. I don't really see that I much of a difference. Yeah. I think it has more of the flavor to it. Yes. And then two ounces of coconut cream easily find this at like a Walmart or something. It's I mean, it's pretty simple. And then you want to kind of give that a good shake or if you're just building this over ice, definitely give it a good stir. And then you're going to add about like four ounces of Sprite or 7-Up. You just want something to like definitely give it a good um consistency I guess you could say because the coconut cream is going to be thick but she a thick girl yes so the sprite in that is just there to like kind of help give you some more contents I guess but yes definitely give this one a shot let us know what you think if you like pina coladas like this is basically that but without pineapple if you like pediatrics. So, yes. <laughs> so, it was fine when Sloan stumbled across this and that. 
she was like, it's called the drunk ghost, and I was here for it, and then I saw coconut, coconut and went, ugh, and I was like, I mean, I like coconut, and then I was making fun of the name, I was like, drunk ghost, you say? I was like, you mean us in the future? <laughs> you can find us at the Mexican restaurant. Yes. <laughs> we'll be at the bar waiting for our picture of margaritas to show up. Yep. But that being said, we're going to kick you off to our episode. Picture this. It's 1932 in New Orleans, Louisiana. A young girl stormed down Royal Street, panicked, her stride only broken by a diligent police officer. Her story was a bit far-fetched, but she told the police officer that she was tied up by two brothers and held captive so they could drink her blood. And she was not the only one that was being held captive. The girl claimed that she was only able to escape due to her captor's carelessness in securing her ropes. Somewhat skeptical, the police agreed to follow her back to the home on the corner of Royal and St. Anne Street. Once the police and the girl arrived at the home, which was owned by the Carter brothers, they were horrified to find, as the girl had described, four other victims, half dead, tied to chairs in one of the rooms. All victims had their wrists wrapped with bandages, moist and stained with blood. Two more bodies were wrapped in blankets and were tucked away in yet another room. The unmistakable suffocating odor of death permeated the apartment. It seemed the brothers left early each morning just before daybreak and returned every evening just after dark. Immediately upon their return, they would take the bandages off each of the captives' wrists and, using a knife, reopen their wounds until the blood flowed freely from the victim's cuts. They caught the blood in cups from which they drank until their hunger was sated. The brothers would then redress the wounds with fresh bandages. They spoke very little and gave no concern for their victim's well-being. Rather, the kidnapped were no more than a food source headed for certain death. Unaware that the girl had escaped, John and Wayne Carter went about their routine as usual. Only this time, the police waited for the brothers upon their return. They were quickly apprehended and upon their capture confessed almost immediately, begging to be murdered. The brothers explained to authorities that they were, in fact, vampires and would, if released, have no option but to continue to kill, as their need for drinking blood was beyond their control. It said the brothers were tried as serial killers, convicted, and eventually executed. But how was it that the brothers, thinking themselves vampires, gifted with eternal life, could be so careless in their plans for survival? Perhaps it was the drastic changing environment in New Orleans that ultimately led to their demise. During the early 1900s and roaring 20s, the city of New Orleans was bustling and booming. The busiest port in the country brought flourishing businesses and plenty of jobs, in fact, the city was coined the Big e Easy because, at the time, work in New Orleans was so easy to find. A surplus of disposable income triggered a new sense of freedom with the celebration of nightclubs, new energetic music called jazz, loose women, the Storyville District, and excitement that was unmeasurable to anything that the city had ever seen. It was a time of anything goes, footloose and fancy free, that also created carelessness among residents and visitors to the city. I feel like that hasn't left. Right. No one was thinking of danger. If vampires truly had been in New Orleans at the time, it would surely have been easy to feast. However, just a decade later came the stock market crash and with it the Great Depression. Everything changed almost overnight. People stayed at home, kept to themselves. The only wanderers were 
derelicts who roamed the city in search of a little easy work for something to eat. The downtrodden would often be found begging for food at the back doors of the homes of fine citizens for a little yard work. More often than not, these vagrants were granted work and a plate of food, but were never invited into the home. Rather, they sat with their plates on the porch steps, thankful for every morsel. The rug had been pulled out from underneath what had been a flourishing city, and lifestyles changed dramatically. New Orleans, however known for its southern hospitality, had always found the most heartfelt way to care for its people. Dr. Peter, Dr. Peter, <laughs> Dr. Peter Carl Grafignan, Graf, Grafon, Graf, Grafinan. <laughs> I don't know. That looks like an animal from Harry Potter, right? Gryffindor, <laughs> Dr. Gryffindor, <laughs> who was a student at the time, but not at Hogwarts, <laughs> reflects on the 1930s in his journal. He gives a lovely description of the environment in New Orleans for a youngster on a budget headed for medical school. It seems that seeking out the affordable mill in depressed New Orleans was part of the adventure. Meanwhile, in spite of the prolonged poverty and political troubles, New Orleans in the 1930s was an interesting and enjoyable place in which to spend the student years. The living was easy, food was cheap, a poor boy, a po' boy, as we know it now, <laughs> cost only 25 cents it's your dream it is my dream i would be eating shrimp po boys all day long <clears throat> and a five or six course lunch at maylie's was only about 50 cents yeah we would have never left <laughs> and in the lakefront spots at waste West End near Bucktown, you could eat your fill of boiled shrimp or crabs or crawfish for almost nothing and wash them down with a nickel glass of beer. My, how the times have changed. You're going to be paying an arm to eat that good food now. All right. The French Quarter then, even though subdued and at one of its lowest ebbs, was probably at its best from a student viewpoint. The droves of today's investing tourists were nowhere to be seen. The handful of drug addicts and reefer smokers kept to themselves and stayed hidden. There was only an occasional honky-tonk or second-rate nightclub along all of Bourbon Street. Can you imagine that? Right. An empty Bourbon Street. And you could wander around the whole quarter in complete safety and innocence and never find trouble unless you deliberately set out to seek it. In the 1930s, for a vampire, stalking vagabonds would likely have been the most reliable source of food. If the Carter brothers and vampires existed in 1930s in New Orleans, it would most likely have been the environment of the city at that time that would have led to their mistake. The time of feeding on prostitutes and carefree dock workers was long gone. It was a depressing time, so feeding on the misfortune of derelicts who had nowhere to turn but to the invitation of a vampire was their peril. It is possible that a young girl may have witnessed the capture of such a such a victim and the Carter brothers had no choice but to take the youngster hostage as well, and that would have been the one that escaped. One would hope that it was a fluke and that such a young victim was reportedly among the brothers' captives, but realistically, what morals do a vampire hold? I mean... <laughs> So that was another little short sweet one. I just was trying to find something that was on theme with Halloween. And like I said, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've always been intrigued 
with New Orleans in general, but specifically yeah. their spooky scene and all of that, uh, I could say I could blame it on Twilight because I know that they talked about New Orleans and Twilight being yes. a vampire thing, but also interview with a vampire. There's a lot of like one of my like one movies I'll throw on just as like kind of background noise, but then I end up starting to watch it is Dracula Untold. That has Luke Evans in it. If you've never watched it, highly suggest it. One, it's got Luke Evans. <laughs> he may be gay, but he is. <laughs> but it's like it's one of my favorites. I've definitely watched Interview with a Vampire in the Twilight, obviously. Um, I've watched a few different Dracula like takes on things. But yeah. And then, obviously, we we grew up with, like, vampire diaries and stuff like that, too. So, vampires have always been in our, like, I guess, growing Mom. up, they were always... Mom's on a date with a vampire or whatever that Disney movie oh, was. yes. Mom's got a date with a vampire. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it started real young for me, okay? I mean, for our entire generation, I feel yeah. like it did. I mean, hell, Stephanie Myers made bank off of Twilight, and if you go back and read it, you're like, these books are trash. They are, but I still love them. <laughs> great. They are a fundamental piece of my growing up. That's the best way that I can put that without making myself sound like trash. Right. But, but we'll kick you off to the last call. All right. Welcome to another last call and staying on theme. I was going back and forth of what to kind of do for this, but I found a little thing that has apparently 15 fun facts about vampires. We'll see how good this is and if it's kind of trash. I got some uh, a backup little thing too. So the first one at list is the oldest known vampire legend comes from Babylonian and Sumerian mythology. So all you uh, Bible thumpers, guess what? There's, I think I do remember this. I remember people bringing this up, being like, you do know that vampires are kind of hinted at in the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, ha ha. <laughs> Jesus rose from the dead. <laughs> um, number two, female demons called Lilu, I think is what it's how it is, were said to hunt women and children at night and their blood. So, I mean, always gotta drag women into this. I mean, I know we're crazy, but come on. Number three, Vlad uh, the third or Vlad Tepes. You might also know him as Vlad the Impaler. He's he's gone by many different names throughout history. Um, he's also known as Vlad Dracul. He is in he was known for like incredible cruelty and allegedly killing over thirty thousand people at one time. He is also the like, kind of inspiration behind Bram Stoker, 
um, why am I, I can't say his name, Bram Stoker's, like, famous novel, Dracula, mm-hmm. which is actually the number four fact on this, but I don't know if I've ever actually read Dracula. I have not. I've tried. But, yeah, it, if you if you have read it, just know that it's it's inspired a little bit by history. A vampire costume is the second most popular adult fancy dress costume. I mean, it's real easy to do, and you can class it up, or you can go very, like, uh, like, hokey with it, I guess. <laughs> it's, like, one that you can just have fun with, and like I said, it's very easy to do. Also, it's not uncommon, like, for some people to have, like, your, like, kind of pointed, like, canines, I guess is what mm. it is. Like, Luke Evans actually has them naturally. Nate does too. <laughs> oh. oh. I've never known. <laughs> Nate does too. I'll, Nate will come home for it. I'll be like, Nate, let me see your teeth. He'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think I think one of them is one of the teeth that chipped off. Oh. But yes, he, he had the vampire teeth. Uh, number six, the gone in uh, Mm. I gone in as a bonsom vampire. Sounds good. Sure. Has iron teeth and hooks for feet, mm. which they drop from treetops onto unsus- unsuspecting victims, totally dispelling the idea that vampires are sensual and romantic. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not not trying to find that one, but um, mm-hmm. some of these other vampires from, like, movies and stuff, mm-hmm. like, hell, you bring in the originals, I don't care that Elijah would probably rip my throat out, I'd be so pleased. <laughs> uh, everybody's like, Klaus, Klaus, and I was like... Give me Elijah any day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Number seven. Some people believe that Cain was the first vampire cursed by God for slaying his brother Abel. So, again, Bible getting brought into this. The, The little conservatives are clutching their pearls right now. A little bit. Out. <laughs> Number eight, usually people turn to stakes, fire, and sunlight to kill vampires, but there are many other ways, including beheading, boiling in vinegar, pounding a nail through the navel, or scattering bird seed on their tomb. I've never heard the bird seed. Me either. But, Okay. Number nine, popular tradition states that vampires can shapeshift into wolves, bats, or clouds of mist. So you're telling me that in Twilight, that <laughs> Jacob could actually be a vampire. 
if you go by that logic. Yeah. Okay. It's not making sense. It's not, but yeah. Number 10. Romanians believe that Saturdays were the best day of the week to tackle a vampire as they lay powerless in their grave. Why, why would Saturdays be? I don't know. Okay. Number 11. All European vampires are said to have a hypnotic gaze that draw in their victims. I mean... Can... Based off movies and that can concur. <laughs> <laughs> Number 12. Bavarian vampires are said to sleep with the left eye open. People that can sleep like their eyes open creep the fuck out of me. One of my brothers does. <laughs> he has since he was a baby. I hate it. I'm like, what the fuck? Close your eyes. Number 13. The Ooper. Yeah. It, U-P-Y-R. How would you mm. say? <laughs> Ooper. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Vampire is a vicious vampire that has a human appearance and sleeps at night. It can be destroyed by burning its body. However, once burnt, the body will burst, releasing hundreds of maggots and rats. Ugh. A vampire slayer will have to kill all these animals, too, to prevent them from returning to exact revenge. No, thank you. No, thanks. You can just live. Just don't kill me, please. <laughs> uh, number 14. Vampire bats have small and extremely sharp teeth, which are capable of piercing an animal's skin without them even noticing. I do know that. And Logan's like, but they're bats. They're so cute. And I was like, I mean, I get it. But once they start flying, I'm like, you say the fuck away from me <laughs> and number 15 vampires can be out and active during the day count dracula did as much however there are certain vampires who have a strong reaction to sunlight count orlock was vaporized just walking across in front of a window at dawn so those are the fun little vampire facts like I said, I didn't really read through. I kind of skimmed and I was like, eh. I do have um, another one if you want or we can end it. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's your last call. <laughs> I mean, I kind of went over this. And also, like, if you've never seen Dracula Untold, some of the stuff it covers kind of uh, gives away some of the storyline. I'm like, but it's, I like it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And one of them, it literally mentions, like, the fact that Luke Evans naturally has, like, fangs. But he did wear, like, prosthetic fangs mm -hmm. in the movie. One thing that is kind of funny in this, like... So, Dracula Untold, basically, is, like, a way of bringing in, like, Vlad the Impaler and, like, kind of showing his reign. But also making him not look like such a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And, like, Luke Evans is actually quoted saying that, you know, 
that he wasn't a bad guy, he wasn't a terrifying warlord, but a revered leader. His tombstone even says he was a great ruler and respected by his enemies. So, I mean, you can say he was a bad guy, but also you gotta think as a leader of a different time to be respected by people says a lot. But, like, I said, it goes through, it kind of gives you a little history lesson on, like, what was kind of going on at the time, but also then it brings in, like, the Dracula side. And in the movie, he is going up, like, this mountain to, like, find where he thinks, like, some spies are. Mm -hmm. And that he stumbles across this old vampire that ends up being the one to, like, turn him. And that, but this vampire's name is Caligula, which, if you don't know that name, it's from, like, Roman history. He was a Roman empire who is known for, like, cruelty, like, sadism and stuff like that, and the sexual perversion. (laughs) Like, he's he's, uh, an interesting guy that's not very like kid friendly i guess mm-hmm. you could say but like it's just so funny that like that's the name that they use but if you've not watched dracula untold i will definitely say it like i said it's one of my favorites i would highly suggest it but i guess that can be my little last call hope you enjoyed it Thanks for riding on the Hot Mess Express today. You can always find us at our social medias. We have Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. They are all tequila she wrote across the board. We also have our email. You can send us any case suggestions, cocktail recipes, liquors you want us to try out, beers for Trish to try out, (laughs) anything like that. Tequila she wrote at gmail.com. We also have our Patreon set up for as little as $2 a month. You get ad-free episodes and you get a bonus episode. And then if you pay a little more, there's even more bonus content. Give it a look. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you think we're missing anything or if, you know, there's something we could add. Easiest way to find us, go to patreon.com backslash tequila she wrote. Should send you directly there. If that's not working for you, go to our link tree. It's all in our different socials. Should have a direct link and should be able to click on that and it should send you directly to our page. And if that still doesn't work, let us know. We will try to direct you there the best we can. And yeah, just give it a look. Let us know what you think. And I guess until then, toot toot. Beep beep. (laughs) 